0: Hello, welcome to the Show Oshibeson podcast. Show Oshibeson is the lead pastor, Grace Made Christian Center, where we raise change agents. We do hope you'll be refreshed by God's word today. Happy listening.
1: You can just project his profile very briefly. Brah Bayomi Yusuf. We're gonna be having Brother Jerry Akore day. We're gonna be having brother Matthew Imole, a lead yeah. singer. We're gonna be having brother Tony Owunchekwa. Praise God. And lastly, this morning, we're gonna be having brother Amarachi Joseph. Hallelujah. Can we celebrate them as they come forward? Hallelujah. A lot of us may not know, it, bro. Joseph, but he's a member of Grace Made. <laughs> Glory to God. All right. Happy Father's Day, everyone. So we want to dive straight into, into this. Um, just a few seconds. Or you can maybe do a little introduction of yourself. So we can just maybe one minute... Just a few so, seconds. Or... Uh, good morning,
2: everyone. Good morning. Um, pleasure to be part of this panel. My name is Amarachi. I'm a member. <laughs> 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 okay, so um, a little bit about myself. I'm a I'm a man.
1: Yeah, obviously.
2: Yes. <laughs> I can say that um, proudly. So I'm a man. I'm a father. I'm a provider. Um. Uh, yeah, I know God. Yes, I know. Man of God too. Um, there are a lot of sides to myself and, um, if I start, probably will not be here. (laughs) So, um, but I'm also a very open person. I love to share knowledge. I love to share the little I know. I love to inspire people around me and, uh, I'm a people person and I'm happy to be here. Hopefully, uh, the questions will be too difficult, and hopefully, <laughs> we'll be able to give um, answers that you guys can take home. Thank you.
1: Thank you. All right, let's have Bro Tony. Just a few things about yourself, and we can project. His, Good morning, um, Grace. Made family. Yeah.
3: My name is Tony Um I'm a radio and yeah, podcast. I remember the voice, that voice. I'm a radio and podcast consultant. Um, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm still a son. Yeah, and um, I'm a man, and I'm glad to be here. All right. Thank you. Let's give me a round of
1: applause. All right. We have Matthew here.
4: Good good morning, Church. Good morning. My name is Matthew. Um, I'm a software developer, amongst other things. And yes, I'm a child of God. Yes, I'm proud to say that. I am proud to say it. You're a man. Yes, I am a man. <laughs> I am a man. I am a son. And really, I am who God wants me to be.
1: Hallelujah. Yeah. Let's celebrate him. We have the apostle himself. church?
5: My name is Jerry Akuride. Um, <laughs> all right, um, I'm a recruiter, right? I recruit across the globe. Um, um, I'm a man, not a boy. I'm a man, and I'm proud of that.
1: Thank you. All right, the last but not the least.
0: Good morning, church. I am Abayo Meyusu. I am an associate of the Charter Institute of Bankers. I am a financial analyst. Um, I currently work as an auditor and internal control. Um, and I'm a lover of God. I love God's word.
1: You say you're a lover boy. Either I am a lover boy.
0: I'm a lover of God.
1: Lover, lover of God. God. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. So the first thing we'll talk about, basically, we'll talk about um, women just briefly, yeah. But we will talk about the real issues of uh, that faces men, you know. So I'll, I'll go with um, the first one that says, um, "What is the best way you believe a man can handle or come out of?" financial challenges. Uh, We have a lot of men, you know, who are trying and struggling and working hard to provide for their family. So I would I would ask you that question, um, Joseph. So you you just want to shed more light on that for us? Yeah,
2: so uh, very good question. I know you guys are familiar with uh, one word. It's called Billing. Uh, Everybody knows what Billing is now, right? So uh, one of the things that describes a man is his ability to provide. And um, remember when we had our mothers and our ladies up on the panel, you know, every single one of them mentioned um, a provider, a provider, a provider. So now um, I would say the way it God made it and the way nature has made it is that 80-85% um, of a man's responsibility is to provide because uh, if you cannot provide you cannot protect it's not possible uh let me me, i like to speak practically i don't like to speak in the air so uh you're a man you have responsibilities or you meet a lady or you already have a family and then you need to provide for them and um um, you also believe you need to protect them but um, for some reasons financially things are not really working out and then you for example, you have to raise your children or raise a family or have your family living in an unsafe environment because probably that's what you can afford. And then you have your children being exposed to things that, um, you know, um, let me make it very practical. Imagine, I mean, what's a ghetto like around Lagos? Maybe, I don't want to mention specific names, but, you know, you have your children grow up in an environment and um, they, unfortunately, whether you like it or not, they get to... Uh, have to deal with things that they should not have to deal with too early in life because, uh, you know, the financial side was difficult. So let me go straight to the question. Uh, a man providing. Unfortunately, uh, Nigeria has not made it any easy, but as you know, nobody gives you an excuse as a man. If you like, shout Nigeria. Shout Nubu Shout Buhari. Shout anything you want to shout. Your bills are waiting for, for you. you. Yeah. If you like cry from now to tomorrow, your bills are waiting for you. So I have a few advice as to how to manage your finance. Now, you're talking about bills here, you're talking about money. As a man, how well do you know or how well do you understand money? Unfortunately, the kind of educational system we have in Nigeria or in most parts of the world don't teach people about money. So you're a man, you're expected to be a provider You expect to provide something that you don't even understand. So how can you provide something you don't understand? You don't, you expect to provide money. Everybody expects you to have money to provide, but you don't even understand this money. So if there's anything I will leave everyone with today is, as a man, you need to consciously educate yourself about money. You need to read, you need to... Whatever it is you can do, instead of watching that YouTube video of somebody dancing, read about money, listen to people talk about money, learn about money, teach yourself about money. I mean, the more you teach yourself about money, how to make money, how to manage money, uh, it's it's a whole book. I mean, it's a whole chapter, I mean, it's a whole dimension, managing money and about money. You know, there are tons of books that have been written about money. So anybody that sits here today to give you specific advice, there's no shortcut to it. You have to consciously and continuously educate yourself about money. And I trust me, the more you do that, over time, you realize that your level of money consciousness is not very high. You understand how to also make this money and how to keep it. You know, and there are different ways, but you know all these things and then you start practicing them. And then with time you see that you, know, you are not doing badly when it comes to, to money because you understand money. So, I, what I my best answer to, your, to this question is no money. So you understand
1: how money works. Correct. And read materials. So don't just read about spiritual books and read money. I mean, I, I, I was I think I was telling a few guys that um, sometimes what what you know, what you read, is what literally find expression in your life. So if you read about the anointing, you'll be very anointed. You read about parenting, you understand parenting, right? If you read about money, there's a likelihood that you you understand how money works. That consciousness is there and then you can understand how you can multiply money. I mean, there are people, many of you have seen our fathers who literally made a lot of money and then Maybe you used to grow up seeing your dad have maybe like five cars, six cars, and then you realize that the cars are no more. Yeah, because money have wings and can fly if it's not. So you can even make money. If you don't understand money, you will not know how to manage money. And then you eventually lose the money, right? So we we thank you. Can we appreciate yourself for that? Then I'm going to direct this to Mr. Tony. Um, we've heard this, you know, women talk about men um, and ego. Men and ego. Men and ego. It's almost like everywhere. Men and ego. Men have ego. Men have ego. And, you know, sometimes I think some women don't understand how this thing works. So... They, they, they feel like, oh, men are e- egotistic, you know, you hear things like that. So do you want to shed more light on that? So how can a woman understand a man when it comes to, you know, you know ego and all that, what they call ego?
3: Um, I think it's a very thin line yeah. between self-confidence and ego. Mm. And then most times, um, perception, perception comes in here. A man's strength, most times, lies in his self-confidence. And sometimes, how he expresses that confidence makes it look like he's proud, makes it look like all he thinks about is how good at what he is, he's good at. And I don't want to make a case for the men who are actually egotistic. But the truth is, it's a thin line and it comes down to perception. Now for the woman, she has to understand that how he treats people around him, regardless of his self-confidence, is how you can measure whether he's a good person. Now a person who is egotistic is narcissistic, and that means he thinks only about himself. And even when he's relating to you, What he thinks will make you happy is what he thinks will make you happy. If you're dealing with that sort of man, understand you're dealing with someone who has an ego. Somebody who is self-confident, who takes care of himself, speaks well, acts well, expresses himself knowledgeably in public, is a confident man, but he can hide those expressive views around you if it will make you uncomfortable. He will respect you enough not to let his confidence get in the way of how he deals with you. So it's two ways, understand how he treats people in spite of how he sees himself and understand how he treats you regardless of how he sees himself. I hope I'm making sense. Yes, you have a lot of sense. It's a thin line, it's a very thin line between ego and self-confidence and it comes down to the lady's perception. So your perception also matters how do you think he should be and are you right to think that he should be that way yeah thank you
1: thank you so much can we appreciate him for that yeah i will still come back to that right now let's talk about um maybe um marriage we've had um, so i'll come to oh interestingly so we have the single guys here. did you plan it did you plan that singles will sit this way and the married will sit this way <laughs> all right so um, there's this thing that oh um, there's a Yoruba adage even though it's not scriptural that says that like so you don't tell a woman you know all that you have in your heart you know you don't tell a woman you know everything if you tell them everything they can take advantage of that so from a single perspective like you're single what's your mindset about you know, telling a woman all that you have in your heart. They said something about Samson. You know, Samson lost his ministry or his calling because, you know, he trusted a woman and all that. So I would start with um, Jerry. So what's your your mind about that? About, you know, you were not listening. (laughs) So there's this saying, you, you get it. So, what's your mindset about it? Do you believe that you tell a woman all your heart? Do, do you believe you should with all some information? You know, what's your mindset about about that? All right, thank you, Pastor. Um, scripturally now, the, now, 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 now I, I You know, I said that it's not scriptural.
5: Yes,
1: yes, yes. Yeah. So, so this is the you. Bedroom.
5: Yeah. Okay. For me as a First of all, scripture says that the two shall become one flesh.
1: I'm not sure the mic, we can't hear you well. The two shall become one
5: flesh, right? Um, You guys are raising a generation. You guys are doing life together. I personally am of the opinion that it needs to be 100% communication. I personally believe that. Like you need to, because um, I know the ladies were saying something earlier on about, um, you know, when I think Jadi mentioned, when a woman says a no is a no. I I mean, there was a communication gap, right? A lady would not, naturally, as men, like you have said, we are egoistic people. Sometimes our leadership, we don't want to show our vulnerability. And then it feels like we're showing forth attitude to the ladies as a way. So I feel that in order for
1: proper communication,
5: we need to learn to. And be that vulnerable, give it a hundred
1: percent communication to your partner. All right, thank you for that. Let's appreciate him. So, Matthew, you have you have someone, I'm assuming that you're in a relationship, and then this person, you know, you anytime you tell her, Oh, this is your account balance, then you now see different needs. Like they just want to be taken care of, and then you see different things. So if you now find yourself in that kind of situation where you have to tell her everything that you have, are you going to come out like, oh, this is what I have, or you for or you withhold some some information back?
4: Um, praise God. So, um, first of all, I am a very firm opinionated person. So, my no is a no, my yes is a yes. So, I would not... I think because this question really boils down to finance, that's where the major concern is usually is when it comes to giving hundred percent. So I don't think holding back is okay. I don't think holding back from a woman is the right thing to do. But I think the right thing to do is when you have a plan, you have a structure, you have a, a laid down agenda, you follow it through. Sometimes excesses comes in that can't be tended to. Sometimes they can't. So when they can't, don't try to you know beat around about it. Go straight. You can't do it, you can't do it. It doesn't change. If if that makes the woman feel ah, maybe he doesn't love me, then there is a reason to rethink whatever you have. If in as much as if you have you have the art to you know be caring, to show your concern and be the man that is meant to be that you are meant to be as a man to the woman, but then you have to have that boundaries, you have to understand those endpoints.
1: All right, thank you for that. So, um, you mean know, so there's this maybe lady, I'm painting a scenario now. There's this lady that each time you know you talk, she's always you know asking. You to you know buy things buy that and he says that a love language is gifts you No, know, she just likes to receive gifts you know that's just a love language gifts just a buying gift be buying gifts do you have any problem with that or you just keep showing that, that love language uh
0: love language that is a love language you know um for in what i want to also buttress about is also down to communication like um, in contemporary time to be a man is quite simple your job is just to provide you know and um, be with the family pray for the family and so on but in this society now we have women they're having a great time being a man in the sense that they're also providing so they they want to Communicate. That's where the the need of intimacy come into place. But when it it comes to communication, there's a need for trust. Trust is very important. In the sense that when a woman talks about trust, generally she's talking about uh, infidelity or so. But when a man is talking about trust, he's talking about when I tell you something, are you going to use it against me? So if I tell you this is my bank account, are you going to start telling me you need this and that? A lot of needs just start coming up. So, so it's very important for us, that, especially women, that in a moment of um, disagreement within your husband and your spouse, you don't use the information that has been told to you against him. It. It's very important. It will never, You just covered him with another layer of silence. You say he does not talk, but he won't talk again. So, let us all be c- conscious about that.
1: Yeah, well said. Yeah, I was coming to you actually. from a, From a from a married man's
2: perspective. Yeah. So I love this question. Um, how much you tell your wife or your spouse? Very, very important question. And my, my view, it's a very personal view from, not from my personal experience, but from my view of life. A man, a husband, a father, is supposed to be a leader. He's supposed to, it's not just he's supposed to, He's actually God has made him to lead. You know, you bring a woman into your life and you guys have children. I mean, where is this family headed? Who decides where this family is headed? I mean, which direction are we going to? How our life will take be? It's the responsibility of the man. So he is the leader. Now, as a leader, you know, um, I don't know how much you guys understand about leadership, but only with leadership is that you don't, you, you, communication is a key part of leadership. You need to, people that are following you, people that are behind you, they need to understand where we are going. But it doesn't mean that they will understand it. They need to know where we are going, but they might not understand it. And we have so many instances of this in the Bible. I can use uh, uh, Moses leading the children of Israel out of um, Egypt, out of the Egypt to the promised land. Where is the promised land? They didn't know. They didn't know, you know. But they trusted that, okay, the intentions were good, and they believed enough in the leader to follow the word, the leader. And sometimes... The leader is in front, he's leading the pack, and he has seen that there's a big danger in front, and um, he asks himself, that's where leadership comes in, that's where a sense of judgment comes in. How much of this danger I'm seeing in front of me should I come backwards to the team, or to, to the people I'm leading? You know, are they even able to, to handle it? You as a leader, you're supposed to be the one with the big muscle, you know, you, but when you see these things in front of you, you have to make this judgment call and say, how much of these can they handle? Because you're supposed to understand your 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 family members, you're supposed to understand those that are behind you, those that are following you. And you are supposed to know their strengths, their weaknesses, their capacities. If God has blessed you with a wonderful spouse who is also a superwoman like you, then you know that yes, you know, whatever it is you see, if you tell her she's not gonna panic and go into a frenzy and she's going to, you know, she's going to be able to handle it, then you you know. So as a leader, you you have to lead intelligently. You know, so and that boils down to how you communicate and what you say. So what's your opinion? You what's your opinion on So my opinion is this you have to be intelligent about it. Because as a leader, you cannot you cannot go ahead and you can't you can't give a child, okay, I have a daughter, my daughter is three months old, and I give her a bath to swallow. So that's how I describe it. So I ask myself, my my family, my wife, can they can they handle this? You know, can they really, really handle this? Sometimes I might be wrong, sometimes I might be right, but I have to make that judgment call as I go. But as the man, as the head of the house, you don't get choice, you have to handle it. You know, and then how much of it you communicate backwards. And it boils down to every aspect of the family life, from finances to everything. You are responsible, you are the leader. And you don't, you you tell them, you don't, so it's it's it's, it's, it's not very easy. It's not very straightforward, but... You have to be very intelligent about it. Sometimes you need to build the trust and you need to communicate and make the trust grow. And sometimes you need to know what to not to hold back. You can't you can't um, be 100% all out in the open because at the end of the day, you might create more problems for yourself than you.
1: Okay, let me ask you a question. Do you believe in a husband and a wife having a joint account? So everything that a man has, right, that he has in terms of his assets, do you believe that a man should communicate same to his wife, or he can withhold, based on what you're talking about leadership, should with withhold some information back, right? Based on the understanding of the people he's leading, which are supposed to be his wife and maybe children, but basically
2: the wife. So, what's your take on that? So, if he, he so it's, it's very, very simple. Um, your wife would not buy into your vision if she doesn't understand your vision. Now, if you're 100% sure she has bought into that vision, she would contribute her mind, her time, her soul, everything she has to achieving that vision. So, for me, practically speaking, every single thing I have, every single thing I own, my wife is aware, she knows it. Does she control it? No. But she knows that these resources that we have, it's for the achievement of this particular vision that she has also bought into so she must buy into the vision. She knows that, okay, this is what we're trying to achieve, and we must achieve our vision. And you are the leader. You have to stand before your foot and say, hey, this is the direction we're going to. Any other thing a distraction? These resources, you know what it is. It is here. It's for this division. If we want something else, sorry, we have to accomplish our vision first. So you have to always make sure that, yes, this is what we have. And it helps because when you are very transparent, you know, and she buys into the vision, she will not come up with... Um, ideas or expenses that does not help you guys go towards that direction you are going. Because you know that this is what we are trying to achieve here, and she believes in it. So she will also support you by persevering, by denying herself certain things, because yeah. you guys are trying to achieve something. But if you are, there's no vision, there's no plan. She doesn't even know what you are trying to achieve. yeah She doesn't even know how much you get. You know, she will now start imagining things, and then she will start coming up with ideas and expenses that... It's not going to take the family to where the family wants to go to. Yeah. You know, and that will create more conflict. So it's better you, you are transparent with it. This is what it is, but it is for this. This is where we are going. And if she buys into where we are going, it is easier. But if she doesn't buy into it, then you guys can discuss and negotiate and agree on a shared vision. And then you channel your resources that way. But the resources has to be open. There's no hidden, it shouldn't be hidden to your wife what you have or what you don't have. It should be 100% transparent. Thank for you.
1: Thank you. I think we've we've said a lot about that. Very, very powerful. So I think men should understand that have a vision and then communicate the resources. For the most part, most men should do that. Communicate the resources and then cast the vision. Let them buy into it. So if we say that, okay, we are moving abroad, for instance. I have 100 million, for instance. We need 200 million to move abroad. We have 100 million. We need 100 million more. So we cannot touch this 100 million. Whatever craving you have, you must be able to suppress it and hold it except there is an emergency. Even emergency. (laughs) Anyways, God forbid that we have such. Praise God. All right, let's talk about sex. All right, say, ah. So, there's, there's this um, school of thoughts, you know, about about men being, you know, sex-driven. Uh, I hope you're have teenagers here. All right. That person that said no, I'm suspecting you. <laughs> so, this, you know, about, um, you know, men are sex-driven, you know. Is there anything you want to tell women about men? When, where sex you know, is concerned, romance, relationship is concerned. Is there anything you want to tell? No. Is there anything you like to tell, you know, women where sex is concerned, romance is concerned?
3: I'm in the minority here. Okay. <laughs> uh, because there's a generic notion that the desire... And the decision to initiate sex is usually from the man. Um, In a past life, I was like that. (laughs) But over time, and with certain responsibilities, I've taken a bit of a backseat. And I married an extroverted wife who is very expressive. So... You You understand that? (laughs) So, you know, there are differences, and I think it's important that um, we begin to identify these things early because some of the ladies coming into relationships are coming with the perspective and the perception already that no matter how they feel, it is the man who needs to initiate sex. Now, I'm not encouraging premarital sex, but if you're in a relationship and you're, um, rather, you're in marriage ordained, By Christ, because some are not ordained. That's why I'm insisting on the ordained (laughs) by Christ. Your perception of sex will change. Some marriages have sex for procreational purposes and believe that that is all it was meant for. But sex was actually meant for pleasure, and then pleasure within marriage. You're going to learn a lot of things about your spouse that you think you knew if you were very active in the world. You will learn things about your spouse in marriage that would shatter your beliefs. So I really encourage you that if you've not been engaging in premarital sex, do not. Because it's not, it's not exercise. You know, do not. Sex, sex before marriage is a sin. This is you are I, I, advising them. No, no, no. I don't I need to take it away from what, it is fornication. what they are already, <laughs> already familiar Such with. Because it's because fornication. Is, all, when, all fornicators will go to hell. <laughs> Pastor, I need to paint I need to paint a more practical vision. They know it's a sin. They don't they know. know them. No, they do. They do. They do. If they say they don't know, that's ignorance. They do. But the issue is this. Many of them still believe that they need to be active before they get into marriage. That being active outside marriage prepares them for the activity within marriage. I am here to tell you as a married man, with nearly 10 years down the line, that is a lie. And if God blesses you with a good woman, you will learn new things every day. And the truth about sex is it's about giving. It's both ways. And eventually, the man man has always been giving a lot. But he will give more, but he will be happy. Because what he's giving into, he's blessing himself with. Outside of marriage, it is dangerous because you're tying your soul to different people who you're not going to spend the rest of your life with, but whose lifestyles and mindsets and even demons you'll be carrying with you. So please don't have sex outside marriage. Sex in marriage, there are varieties. There are circumstances where it is the man who is driven. And there are circumstances where it is the woman who is driven. Even after marriage, seek counseling to know where your strengths lie so that you don't have issues. My wife and I, we are going through counseling. Hallelujah. We are going through therapy, so we are working on it. Thank you. Thank you for that. So we take
1: um, one or two more questions. Applies to everyone. What do you think is man's greatest strength? What do you think is man's greatest strength? Or better still, what is that thing that gives you excitement You know about being a man? That, that makes you feel like, oh, I'm a man here. What's that thing?
2: So well, I think this is uh, the question I love the most. The reason is this. Uh, we had a panel session here. And then we were asking all the ladies, what do you want in a man? What do you like in a man? What don't you like? You know, got all kinds of answers. And I was thinking in my head, who is going to create these men that uh, these women want? I mean, maybe God is going to manufacture from heaven and just throw them to this earth and you just run into them. You know, somebody has to make these people that you guys desire. And uh, who has the responsibility to do that? That's the job of a man. You know, and for me, that's the greatest responsibility of a man. Or the greatest thing about being a man is that ability to, um, to bring into this world or to, even if you don't have a child of your own, you could even adopt a child, you know? So, but that ability to, or that opportunity to raise another man, that's, and not just raise another man, raise another woman, you know, before the ladies started discussing, you know, there were questions about guys, what do you like in a woman? And things like, it goes both ways. You know, you're looking for Todd handsome, spiritual, well-to-do, blah, 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 all those those qualities. I mean, they don't just happen. You know, there are people behind the scenes who labored for 20 years, 30 years, to make these people who, you know, you guys desire. And uh, for me, that's the... For me, that's my biggest challenge, personally. I'm a father. I I have a son and I have two daughters. And um, uh, I ask myself... Would they be the kind of? Would they end up becoming that man or that those those women that everyone seek and desire and want? And if I don't achieve that, I think I would see myself as a big failure personally, because I think that's my primary responsibility: is to raise leaders, to raise the kind of people, raise the next generation. So that's uh, it. Doesn't get any bigger than that, yes, for me.
1: Powerful. Thank you for that. All right, let's have you.
3: I'm just going to reiterate what he said, is the burden of responsibility. A man who is able to provide, we've been saying that, protect. Once he knows he's able to do these things and he does them well, he's a strong man. He's a confident man. And sometimes when we talk about strength, we we envision the physical prowess. But sometimes strength also means being able to be patient in circumstances that would ordinarily make you want to show yourself. Being able to be kind in circumstances where ordinarily is excusable to be wicked. Being able to be compassionate. A lot of things that men are envisioned as being, or the sort of strengths we attribute to some men, isn't exactly strength. People attribute bullying to men, you know, when men are able to bully themselves or bully other people. Some people think it's strength. It's not. I have been able to have experienced bullies in my life. In fact, I've been a bully, even with my stature, and. The truth about bullying is it's an expression of inadequacy. And one of the bullies I remember having in secondary school, he, he couldn't bully me. It was a problem for him because my approach to him was always different from the others. Others approached him in fear. I approached him more like, I know what your weakness is. And I realized it, but I didn't weaponize it. I turned it into a reason to be a friend. And we're still friends 20 years down the line. So we need to be careful about how we perceive people. Um, Being wealthy and uh, imposing in public and having people practically worship and chase after your shadows is really not the strength. Strength is when you see somebody that nobody else has noticed, and you walk up to that person and ask how that person is. A lot of men don't have time for that. They are too prioritized with basic things. And he's raising a family. I'm raising a family. I have a son. As much as I have my inadequacies, I get excited when I see my son do things that are not what his age are up to. I say this with a sense of pride, he's kind. He's kind in a way that scares me because he's in a world that doesn't exactly respect or value people's kindness. Now the old me will be to, ah, if you keep doing this, people will walk over you. But the new me is continue to exhibit this strength, even in the face of police, and you'll be able to change people. Thank you, powerful
1: powerful, powerful talk. Let's hear from you.
0: Alright, Yomi. Alright, all right. praise the Lord. I also believe that one of the greatest strength of a man is also being able to know where he is. Uh, one of the questions, or the first question God asks man is Adam, where art thou? And that is not necessarily about location. It's about your stage and face in your life. As a man, you should be able to know what you should be doing or where you should be per season per time it is very important and you should also know that whatever you might have done with your own strength and your hands cannot work out if you if you if you cover yourself with fig trees it's not going to last to dry out you need god to help you out it is very important god is the greatest strength of a man is the greatest strength of a man
1: powerful thank you so much as Pastor Yomi giving us some deep breaths. Hallelujah.
5: All right. All right. Thank you, Pastor. Um, for me, I'm still going to buttress what they both said. Um, I feel um, a man's strength lies in his leadership ability and his capacity to love and keep the people that he's primarily responsible for. And one of the things that I've learned from my dad is, dad is that um, my own biological father. I see that he he finds it. he, he counts it as a thing of joy, and um, when he when he's responsive to his children, he finds even if he might be he might be broke as a way, he might have spent his last penny on us to care for us to cater for us. But when he's talking about when he's talking about that face to his people, um, he is usually proud. He finds strength consolation in that. He provided the money was allocated to his people so primarily he find I see that, that, that that's a major strength of a man a major strength of a man leadership ability and the capacity to provide right and care for the people he's responsible for thank you thank you thank you
4: all right all right um, I would trace what Brianme said and I would say this mostly to the younger to young to the young men. That we the young men that I think one of what one of the things that should be our greatest strength right now is finding your place. You need to find yourself. The moment you 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 step into that threshold of adulthood, you need to find yourself, find your place in the world, find your place in God. When you have found your place in these two things, you found your place in the world, you know where you are going. You know where you are where, who you are in God, who you are in Christ, you found your place in the world, then you can take on everything else.
1: All right. Can we celebrate all our men as they go back to their seats?
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. We're glad you are part of our community now and trust you are blessed by today's message. Please subscribe to the show or our podcast. Like and share as well. You can also find Pastor Sheung on Instagram at Sheung Ushibaso, or at Gracemade Ng.